Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday night here on Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, YouTube.com, slash Fightful. That means that it's time for the Wednesday Night Wars podcast. I am Mr. Warren Hayes, and we are going to be talking about AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT. Isn't that exciting? And we're glad that you're joining us here uh, tonight if you're watching us live or whenever whenever you watch this later on or on... Uh, on Fightful Pods as well. It's all available there. And we appreciate you coming up. We appreciate your support, just like you, uh, just like all of you who su- who subscribe to Fightful Select. We appreciate your support, especially, uh, especially these days. There's a lot of content going on over there. And if you're not a subscriber of Fightful Select, hey, let, let me tell you, this is this is kind of the stuff that you're missing out. This is what you this is what you're missing out of, uh, on, folks. Okay, check this out. You're missing out on Sean Ross Sapp, who does his Q and A sessions where he answers l- like. Uh, a, a bajillion questions. Bajillion might not be an exact number, but then again, it is a pretend number. So you can deal with that whichever way you want. He also has the backstage report where he goes over lots of scoops and back uh, backstage news that he has. Uh, there's extra content from the Listen Your Boy podcast that happens there as well. You have Steven Jensen covers non-WWE stuff. And you've got, well, you've got Alex Pulowski there as well, two times a week reviewing his two favorite television programs his five hours of uh, tip-top absolutely favorite closest to his heart broadcasting that happens on a weekly basis Ron Smackdown with sour graps but we have Alex on Wednesday nights uh to talk about NXT Alex how are you doing friend well it's it's Wednesday and it's not either Monday or Friday or Tuesday or Saturday which is when I actually do the podcast See, I did one about Raw uh, last night, and I'm fairly certain I, I burst a couple of blood vessels in my brain, but it hasn't killed me yet. So if I die during this podcast, it was just because it took 24 hours to It's do residual. It. Exactly. Exactly. So the, let's, hope, let's hope you pull through. Because, yeah. well, I mean, it's not, it wouldn't be a bad thing because then Louis Dangour, who's joining us here, would have to pick up the slack, but Louis could do it. He's fine. He'd be okay. Right, and he's joining us all the way from England. It's like I don't know, four a.m. or something like that. Louis, good to see you. How are you? It's three, three. eleven. Uh, three uh, eighteen. Sorry. Okay. Um, I'm all right. Yeah, I I think that I think someone in the comment section last week said that they want to see a salty podcast or a sour podcast with just me and Alex just talking about how negative the world is. So I think if he popped his clogs, we would have a a 
uh, a, a equal, not equally negative, but someone who has the potential to be just as negative coming up. I mean, I'm never going to pretend that I'm going to be good enough to emulate him, but we we can get there. Well, you know, he could train you. You know, he could take you under his wing and teach you the true ways of the of the the sour. I guess. Hey, if you uh, thank you everyone again for joining us. If you uh, if you want to uh, if you want to show us a little more support as well. There's a you can also of course Fightful Select talk about that, but you can also leave us a super chat. And if you do, I will read your question or comment live here on the air, such as a super chat that was left to us by Anakin. Thank you very much. Left us a super chat saying this is for my boy Louis Buyaka Buyaka hashtag FTF. I'm not aware of this lore, Louis. What's this lore about? So on Quizlemania today, which your boy Sean Rossap won, there's a bit of a running gag on the show that I can't get on. No one lets me on. So today we had the, I will show you. We had the debut of Rey Mysterio. Ah. <laughs> on the show. I see. Okay. So that, um, so that's the booyaka booyaka and FTF. So you know Hulk Hogan has a tattoo on his arm that says, I am that I am. Uh, yes. But it looks like jam that jam. <laughs> so Sean decided in, in jest to riff off that and make his own sort of um, catchphrase, which was F that F. <laughs> okay, I see. Um, I, so yeah, that, that, that's the FTF. Uh, that's the FTF. Well, now I'm more aware of the uh, of the lore, and you know, uh, Hannah Moore, uh, one of our mods, left us a super chat as well. Thank you, Hannah. And she says Louis looks so similar to an unmasked Rey Mysterio. So clearly, that's uh, that's part of the thing that's uh, that's going on here. Um. So there we go. My Rey Mysterio costume did come oh, with good. the. We, 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 kayfabe is well and truly alive. It, that, yeah. That's very important. Good for you for maintaining it. You're you're a real you're a real treasure uh, to the business. But we are going to stick to our business here this evening, which is settling this war, this this next battle in the war between AEW Dynamite and uh, uh, NXT. Louis, in your opinion, who won this evening? In one I word, mean, in one from... word, right? It's always in one word. This is, you know, just... Uh... A-W. A-W. Alex, what do you think? Uh, uh, NXT. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to... Uh, I have the tiebreaker vote, and I'm going with NXT tonight. So that's what we are going to start with. Uh, NXT actually started off, Alex, with an yes. emotional look back at the mm. at the deep, entrenched entrenched friendship that exists between Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee, leading up to the very dramatic events of last week. I, I DM'd you, Alex, when when I was seeing mm. this, and I, I I told you I was I was laughing because I thought it was just so over. Tell me what you thought about it. It was a tad overwrought. A tad. Um, uh, yeah. Let, listen, I, I understand what they're trying to do with this thing. That there's missing a step. Like we talked about it last week. The step is having stakes in the match that would preclude Dijak 
from agreeing to have Lee throw in the towel or from him tapping out himself. Um, there's no reason for him to not do that based, uh, unless it's, you know, entirely pride, which is stupid. Um, so in light of that, this little uh, video package to start the show was cheesier than a Papa John's shakaroni pizza. <laughs> My God. Just, okay, we understand it. And by, by, by all means, we'll talk about it later. Keith Lee, very upset. Cutting a very good, you know, intense promo later. The, the video package didn't do much to, to help matters. Well, why don't we talk about it right now since uh, since we're on the subject? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking about it. Keith Lee, a little later on in the show, indeed, uh, it hits the ring. Uh, says Dominic Dijak is going to be fine. He's a grown man, after all. He's going to be okay. Uh, but Killer Cross, though, he's not going to be okay. Uh, he said, um, he says, you've clearly made it a point that you want my attention. This is Keith Lee talking, of course, not Warren Hayes. <laughs> you've clearly made it a point that you want my attention and this championship, and you've done so much extra bullshit, but that you don't seem to have the balls to handle your stuff face-to-face -face like a man. So you know he's angry because he's using profanity on national mm. television. Um, so Keith Lee calls him out, literally calls Keith Lee out. But instead of getting Keith Lee, he gets Cameron Grimes who comes yep. out with the hat looking like a mm. million dollars. And he thinks he should be Grimes thinks that Lee should be calling him out because, you know, he got rid of the North American title without asking Cameron Grimes if he was OK with that kind of thing. Um, Grimes gets beat up by Keith Lee until Scarlet Bordeaux comes out to allow uh, Killer Cross to have a promo on the Titan Tron saying that he blames Keith Lee for what he did to die, to die Jacobic and provides him with two choices. He can do the easy way, which is to give Killer Cross a shot at the NXT Championship or do it the hard way, but we don't want to know what the hard way is. And this kind of confused me because wasn't Keith Lee calling him out? Anywho... He beats up on uh, Cameron Grimes a little more, gives him a spirit bomb. Tell me about this segment, Alex. What do you think about it? Well, I thought we were going to get another punishment, uh, excuse me, uh, Priest versus Grimes match. I thought that was the plan, but I guess we didn't get that because Grimes wanted to stick his nose in where it doesn't belong. I, I personally loved Keith Lee coming out and being like, who is this guy who thinks that the sound of sand is the sound of a clock? And I was like, Keith, uh, that's uh, I, I don't mean to I don't mean to quibble. Um, uh, do you not know what an hourglass is? Like, it's literally how they they used to tell time before they were like, you know, clockworks and things. I mean, it's a sundial. Then it's an hourglass. Then it's a clock. There's a long period in there where that's how they told. To, I'm not going to argue with you because then Cameron Grimes shows up and I'm like, oh, no, Cameron's going to die. Um, and uh, he did. Uh, gloriously, and he's 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 perfect as being that upper mid card guy who can work, mm -hmm. who you just want to see get punched in the mouth. Like every promotion needs one of those guys. He plays it to the letter. I think that's great. Um, I'm 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 not into Karrion Cross giving promos where all we all we do is just count the pores on his nose. 
Like, uh, for the Titantron, like, that's just not the best way to get your monster this, over? This is all I'm going to see now moving forward. Thank you, Alex Palowski, for ruining wrestling for me once again. I appreciate I mean, that. Well, well I, listen, this is what I do. <laughs> I ruin it He's for He's not everybody. even apologetic. Uh, not man. No, I, I, I'm, I'm into this. We'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, him saying that, you know, you pick the time and the place and I'll kick your ass. Is is fine, um, but I did love Regal later saying, "Listen to me, gentlemen. You, I will not be bullied into making title matches. I do whatever I want." And I'm like, "This is great. I love. I and well, here's what I love. Apparently, whatever he wants is to sit in the same chair in the same room doing a Zoom call once every three weeks, <laughs> because we haven't seen Regal in the flesh in forever. And believe me, I respect that decision. But still, it's kind of interesting to have him." Every now and then, pop up as the floating head of William Regal. Um, but yeah, sure. Let's 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 move on toward this thing that has all the potential of being terrible, considering you know what happened with the fiend. Mm. Hannah Moore left us a super chat. Uh, thank you, Hannah. Again, she says Lee called him Dijack throughout the whole promo, so I assume he's losing the second half of his name soon. Maybe he can become Donovan again, since we already have. Another Dominic. Yeah, we wouldn't want to. Wouldn't want to confuse. I mean, it'd be really hard to tell Dominic Mysterio and Dominic Dijakovic apart. I can see where we could get easily true. confused. It's true. It's true. I I do think that when he comes to the main roster, he'll be Dijak, but it'll be D Y J A K. So they so they can copyright it. Oh Lord, the thing is, we laugh, but. It might also happen. And like Alex pointed out, William Regal's not going to be bullied into making title matches. No. So we're going to see how this one works out. But hey, in the meantime, we opened up uh, We opened up NXT. If we move back a little bit here, uh, we got Io Shirai and Tegan Knox teaming up against uh, Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai. Uh, the heels ambush the baby faces uh, as they're making their entrances. Uh, the heels are mostly in control. Um, whether it's uh, LeRae being uh, just taking over all the offense on Tegan Knox or uh, Kai on uh, on Io Shirai. Kai avoids some double team uh, some double team moves and face washes Knox on the floor. And Loray goes out onto the floor and tosses Knox into the stairs. Knox, in fact, is your baby face in peril for most of the match, but a headbutt allows Shirai to get the hot tag in. She gets a great shotgun shotgun dropkick, excuse me, and a springboard dropkick as well. There's some top rope shenanigans with. Shirai and uh, with Shirai and uh, uh, Kai, uh, but Kai ends up in a tree of woe, and we see the Del Rio stomp. My God, there's some big knees and some kicks by Shirai on on uh, on Larray, but um, uh, uh, Larray goes onto the floor and uh, and Kai, uh, excuse me, and um, uh, Shirai dives. On to Kai on the outside, but then the referee is distracted, which allows Knox to hit the shiniest wizard on Lorray, who's in the ring. And that allows Shirai to hit the moonsault for the win. The babyfaces win here. Alex, this was a perfectly good uh, tag team match between the women. It was a perfectly cromulent tag match, and that's fine. I'm I'm fine with that. Um, Candice Lorray uh, is fading. Like, the yeah. thing that I was so excited with, like, hey, we're turned her heel. She's vicious now. There's a whole new side to her. And they're booking her basically the same as they booked Babyface Candace, which is to say not very strong at all. 
uh, and let's see if she can sink or swim with this bad booking. Um, th- there's no reason why she has to. I mean, I, I guess, I guess you prove that EO. E- I mean, Candice pinning Tegan gets gets them their own their own um, uh, promo. Their own excuse me, um, their own program. Mm-hmm. That that's something that could be interesting. Tegan, Tegan versus uh, versus Candice. You could do that. You don't. You don't have. I, mean, I don't know how you protect Candice because you got to keep Dakota Kai strong because you're doing stuff with her now. Uh, it's just a weird thing that they spent all this. They made a big moment of Candice turning heel and teaming with her mm-hmm. husband and this whole thing, and then they were like, eh, eh, eh. you know, like I, I don't. I don't think that helps. Um, but uh, but EO stays strong. Good for EO. This is just something that you know get the the women you know uh, at the at the top of the division on 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 TV. It's 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 better than a lot of the stuff they're doing with with women on Raw and SmackDown. I'll say that. Oh, I mean, there's no it's no secret that uh, we here at Warren Hayes headquarters we stand Candice LeRae, and we were very excited here at Warren Warren Hayes HQ to see what they were going to do with her. I'm kind of disappointed how this is going. Louis, do you have any thoughts on Candice LeRae's uh, booking since this great heel turn experiment began? Um, she's been booked well, I think. Uh, sure, she was booked well at the beginning with their sort of weird dinner parties, I guess, which was just those two, but... As Alex said, she is fading. She sort of feels like a. She's getting lost in the shuffle, um. But I think she'll eventually be the person to take the women's title off of Io Shirai. So I think we'll be fine because their match. I think Takeover Toronto this sort of this time last year mm. was fantastic. I think it was probably my favorite women's match of 2019 so i mean getting that again would be great so i think with the right bit of booking and a good feud with the Shirai, she should be fine the line drive left us a super chat thank you very much line drive it says william regal is the zordon of nxt they should really go all in on it then i'd really dig that by the way folks uh i do see your super chats in case you're wondering if they're attached to a segment or something in particular that we're going to talk about a little later on i'm saving it for there don't worry I'm not letting anyone behind. We get a recap of the Pat McAfee uh, show appearance of former NXT champion uh, Adam Cole, where, uh, you know, the appearance that we've all seen by now, uh, where McAfee says that Adam Cole could only win championships because of the Undisputed Era, calls him short. Then we see Triple H showing up a little later on this week. Alex, you know... If there was any doubt in anyone's mind whether this was a work or not, I think it's been pretty much cleared up tonight. What do you think? What do you think of the whole this thing? Is the wor- this is the workiest work that ever done work to work. Like that one, this was... <laughs> Here's the thing. My Here's God. the thing, because I know a lot of people were like, wow, Adam Cole really lost it, and a lot of people thought felt it was real because, I mean, he's just convincing at what he does. I- I'm going to tell you guys one thing. If there's one thing that WWE is truly super protective of, very much more than their talent, it's their cross-promotional opportunities. They are super protective of that. They would have, if Adam Cole had flown off the handle and decided to go into business for himself, he would have been fired. 
fired. Trust me on that. But go ahead, Alex. Yeah, no. Uh, listen, labor unions don't don't work this much. Like it just it's war work. Um, <laughs> I I think it's I think it was funny that they that they were like you know oh. Adam Cole apologized on social media for going on the Pat McAfee show and and having a terrible outburst and shoving a producer. And they said assaulting a producer. And I was like, guys, you can you can stop with the whole like deadly serious how what oh Adam Cole how how daft ye like hey we we get it um it's a work it's fine. It's the fact that they insist on treating it with like such gravitas that like it becomes silly. Um, I thought everything it was all executed really well. Obviously, Pat McAfee's a, a friend of NXT. Mm -hmm. It's a, he he did his part really really well. I was really surprised at what a like a good actor like he is. Um, and I'm 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 in on Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole. Why not? <laughs> I mean, like Adam Cole's bulletproof. Completely, like he's, he was the he was the he was the NXT champion for like four hundred days. Could could they be doing something else with him? Absolutely. If they're if they don't have anything else for him, do do this because if the alternative is they they bring him up to Raw and and you know they just call him the the shorty UE <laughs> instead of shorty G. I mean I, I'm 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 done I'm done with that. So do this instead. Would I rather it be like Adam Cole versus Finn Balor for control of NXT Bullet Club, basically? Yeah, sure. But they're not going to do that. So do this instead, I suppose. I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell, I'll tell you this much. Um, if there's, Look, Adam Cole, Adam Cole and, and, and Pat McAfee right now is probably, you know, we want WWE to give us long-term storytelling. Well, there you go. You have it here. This one. Yes, this one has true. been set for a couple of years now. Johnny Gargano and Roderick Strong had a match tonight. There's a, there's some ground game to start between them both. A lot of reversals as well. They try to force each other into pinning combinations by literally putting their arms down on the mat. Um, Gargano arm with Strong uh, down on the outside. Starts working the arm and for a setup, I guess, for the Gargano escape. Um, uh, Gargano was uh, very much in control of this match when you when you, you take a step back and you think about it he hits the uh, tornado DDT reverses out of an Olympic slam with an arm drag which I thought was really cool Strong goes for a backbreaker but Gargano knees his way out of it and the slingshot DDT puts our boy Roddy away uh, a long enough match well paced I enjoyed it what about you yeah Alexander I mean, these two, these two guys are, are you know, um, I, I try to figure out like a, a really good analogy for them, but they, they, it feels like they've been in NXT for so long, always are outstanding, win or lose, uh, in the ring, and, and you put these two guys in together and they have a problem with each other, even though they're both heels, and that's fine, you can have this match, because I'm just going to watch technical wizardry. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be like, I'm rooting for the good guy in this match, I, guess, I just can just watch... I, one match a week where it's just two guys wrestling because they don't like each other, no matter whether or not the face heel alignment stuff, I'm totally fine. I, I can I can live with that. Uh, my favorite one was the the thing that hurt Johnny the most last week mm -hmm. was that elevated gut buster, and Roddy went for it this week, 
and and Johnny had it scouted and, and turned it into a Hurricane Rana. I really loved the subtle storytelling of Johnny knowing I'm not going to let that happen to me again because that's what cost me the match last week. And he gets out of it, and that's what leads to the, to the finishing sequence on the floor and then back in with, with the DDT. And this was all good because the booking then leads to Adam Cole apparently having a feud with a retired NFL punter for shame and uh, Roddy Strong losing to jo Johnny Gargano. And then we get the UE like with a fire lit under all of them by Kyle O'Reilly backstage, where that was a great a promo. But Kyle O'Reilly has been missing from all of the festivities in ring for a long time for a reason, because he's a high risk case. And it just seems like I want Kyle to be safe. Yes. Because Kyle is, is a precious, precious, precious jewel. And I, I don't want to lose my Kyle. So, Kyle, you be safe and wash your hands and wear a mask anytime you're not near the ring. And please, please, for your own sake, Kyle, we love you. That's a that's very well, very well put, Alex. Very sentimental. And by the way, well, since we're talking about it, why don't we why don't we continue down this route here? Where indeed yeah. Kyle O'Reilly meets up with his uh, his undisputed era buddies. First time we've seen Kyle O'Reilly on TV for a while, and uh, he pumps them up. He says, "Look, we're done here losing stuff. Don't we own this place? Yeah." And he pumps everyone up. Of course, Roderick Strong is immediately buying into it because that's who he is. He's the he's the Chihuahua who just follows everyone else. So a little later on, we get a match uh, between Imperium and Everrise, the returning Imperium as well, who have been absent as well for a little while, despite the fact that they are NXT Tag Team Champions. We hadn't seen them, but they're back here. Nothing much to say out of this match. It was a true-to-form, a proper squash here, uh, where where Fabian Aikner really shined throughout. Uh, Bartel, at the end of the match, has a microphone calling himself the standard of tag team wrestling, calling them the standard of tag team wrestling, but he gets interrupted by Undisputed Era. All four guys run out and beat the hell out of Imperium. Adam Cole is in the ring shouting at the top of his lungs that they are in control, that this belongs to them. Louis, you're smiling. You like this. Didn't you like this, Louis? We can't hear you, Louis. I just like seeing okay. the four Undisputed Era members in the same ring at the same time. I mean, similar sort of what Alex alluded to earlier was the fact that they're not really doing great stuff at the moment in terms of wins and losses. Like, Cole just lost the title. Roddy hasn't won in God knows how long. But when you see all four together, it just gives them a bit of a spark that they needed mm -hmm. um, and makes you not think about the losses. Uh, coming out of the show, I'm not thinking about, oh, damn, Brody lost again. I'm thinking about, damn, we've got all four members of UE again. This could really be exciting. But I guess similarly to Alex again, my overriding thought was, I hope that Kyle O'Reilly's safe. That's, that's the main thing. Because, yes, wrestling's all fun and all, but in 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 the current climate we're in the safety of the performers is is the most important thing so as as long as he's safe and he's ha happy and and happy to come to work i'm 100% happy to see him on tv because he is sensational he, he's just fantastic i think 
I'm hoping for a for a fatal four way takeover. To be honest, between all four of them, I think that'd be really fun. I I I'm um, I just want to mention that we we brought up Imperium and their absence from from TV last week, and they're on TV this week. I think it's obvious. Uh, NXT they they watch the show and they they know they know who they're booking toward. It's toward us. But I have a quibble. Um, Imperium finally on TV as the tag champs, and their matches with Everrise. I'm sorry, were were Shane Thorne and and Brendan Vink not available? Like you you couldn't find anybody better than Everrise for them to beat. My God, Everrise Fleur de losers. I ju- they you have an amazing tag division. At least you used to. I don't know. Maybe you don't anymore. But. Um, Imperium versus UE is great. I just I just felt like there were there were other people that 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 Imperium could have beaten that weren't ever rise. <laughs> I and I agree. The thing is is knowing what ever rise or as they were known on the independent circuit at least towards the the end before they were uh, gobbled up 3.0. They're really really good at what they do. They are very very good professional wrestlers. So. But but right now clearly they're the they're they're the jobber of the tag team division. Right. And I agree, right. the tag team division isn't exactly the shining star of NXT as it used to be. Uh there's uh there's a lot of vacancies as far as ta- top protected excuse me, top protected teams go. Yes, that's true. Then they they have they have the ability to to make a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, I honestly I don't not that I would want to see them lose this match. But um, I'm surprised they haven't started teaming Joaquin Wild and Raul Mendoza together mm-hmm. as a team. As like that's that's the tag part of the faction with with the singles part being Santos Escobar. Santos Escobar and and the, his his two cronies, by the way, missing again for the second week in a row. You those guys, I, I believe, I believe they were hot, and you can't keep them off TV two three weeks in a row and have them be hot again when they come back. It's just not. Hey, you know who else was hot and that everyone was really behind and we thought we was getting a real big, big push? Drake Maverick. <laughs> well, I mean... Well, I, just, I, I just wanted to hear that very sarcastic giggle of yours, Alex. Thank you very much. <laughs> the line drive left, left us a super chat. says, at this rate... Thank you very much, by the way. At this rate, ever rise, you might as well give them a Blues Brothers gimmick given Martell's voice can't hurt, can't hurt war, worse than what they are now. Yeah, the thing now is mm. that they're like the Quebecers light is what they are right now. Yep. Without much personality. Dakota Kai cuts a promo that she's saying she wants to be next in line to take on Dakota Kai. But lo and behold, Alex, a blonde Rhea Ripley appears. Yep. And she says, ah, ah, I'm next. Uh, and from that, we're getting a number one contenders match next week for the NXT Women's Championship could do a lot worse than uh, for a Wednesday night than booking Dakota Kai and Rhea Ripley, right? Yeah, no, um, here's 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 what I believe they're going to wind up doing because I, I, I still, I have to believe that they're going to protect Rhea Ripley enough to not have her lose a clean pinfall uh, to, to Dakota Kai uh, because Dakota Kai absolutely is being positioned to, to be the challenger to Io Shirai. At takeover, and that's fine. I, I'm fine with that. Um, but Rhea Ripley also shouldn't, quote unquote, lose this match. Not really. So I think you're going to have Reina, excuse me, Raquel, uh, come in and ruin everything. And then we get Rhea versus Raquel, 
in a one-on-one women's hoss battle, which never happens. And I'm totally in mm-hmm. on that. I think we're getting what you wanted a few weeks ago. I think we're going to get Mercedes Martinez. I mean, maybe. Sure. Which would also be very nice. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, she defeated Shotzi Blackheart tonight. Mercedes Martinez did. Uh, Shotzi didn't waste any time, though. She went right after Mercedes, but Mercedes kind of no-sold some offense uh, to begin with. She gets in control with uh, with some ground and pound on uh, Blackheart as Robert Stone looks on uh, from the uh, side of the ring with Aaliyah. Shotzi fl- fights back with a sunset flip and a face crusher. A spine buster is followed by Martinez. She hits a spider German suplex on Shotzi, Ooh, which was lovely. really nice. And an air raid crash ends the match. Mercedes Martinez looking damn strong, damn good in this match, Alex. I have confidence that they're doing the right thing with her. Yeah, no, I'm so far so good. Let's let's see where it goes from here. Um, again, it's it's one of those things where you have an embarrassment of riches in, in NXT mm-hmm. with all these really great uh, people and all these great acts. The problem is what I see is a lot of stop and start booking. Like they basically had Shotzi send Shayna off. Like Shotzi eliminated her from that Royal Rumble, then um, then had they got Vestifer uh, later. Like they, they were saying, basically, Shotzi, we're positioning you to be a major face in this division, um, with with Shayna leaving, um, and then they 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 kept they pushed her. They, they they teamed her up with Tegan Knox. They got a they got a tag title match. Like and 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 it feels like Tegan's been pushed, mm-hmm. and Shotzi's just stayed there. Like her 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 her. Her little her little tank is stuck in neutral, and she can't quite seem to move forward. So I, as as as, as an analogy, um, I, so so I I think that it's kind of interesting that like that they that they they seem to be pushing her pretty pretty well, and then just decided no, we're not going to do that anymore. Um, so we'll see where this goes from here. I don't think she should have beaten Marce- uh, Mercedes Martinez, not with Mercedes Martinez where she's going to go, but at the same time. She's she's definitely just treading water. Mm-hmm. I don't know wh- where where she goes from here, but she's she's always interesting to watch. She's going to keep her head above water just by being that interesting to watch. Send her up to Maine. Put her in a tag team with Ruby Riot. They both have green hair, pal. Yeah, yeah. Timothy Thatcher cuts uh, cuts a promo uh, saying uh, talking about Finn Balor saying you know the only push he knows is about pushing his arm into his, into his leg and dislocating his knee while Loomis stares in the background. And we have a similar promo as well a little later on from Finn Balor as Dexter Loomis uh, stares from a dimly lit uh, area in, uh, in the back. We also get a promo from Ridge Holland, NXT UK superstar, <laughs> right, Louis? Uh, who's a, a former rugby player who is who is apparently inserting himself into the North American Championship. Um, I've seen Holland wrestle a few times in NXT UK. He's he's okay. I, Louis, I mean, I, I'm 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 a little surprised that he's popping up on on NXT proper. I mean, seems to me there's a couple of other guys in in NXT UK that they could have sent our way for that, right? Okay, whatever. I mean, 
Yeah, fine. It's not really the sort of inspiring. Oh crap! What a debut! It's right. Some... Okay. Whatever. I mean, later they have they have um, uh, you know Damian Priest. They're interviewing him about next week where he faces Oni Lorcan and, and and Ridge Holland, and and Damian Priest is like, I, I know how good Oni is. Oh, excuse me. He says, I know how good Oni is. And uh, Ridge Holland, I don't know much about Ridge Holland, but he uh, seems like the real deal. Um, and he does from that from that little video package. He sure did run into that other rugby player really hard that one time that they chose to show us five times in a row. From that, I believe he is a great wrestler because that's what they're trying to tell us. So I I'm not familiar with his work. So I, we will get to become familiar with his work next week. But I'm totally in it, especially what we're seeing with these results from the triple threats. I'm completely in on bringing new talent in and, and exposing them and giving them a little uh, push by having them in this uh, this tournament of triple threat matches. Because that's, that's great. That's what Keith Lee specifically said and why I saw a lot of people saying this is terrible, that he's just given up the North American Championship so fast, and I totally get where those people are coming from. But I did, I do respect that he says, I want as many people to have a shot at this, up-and-comers, people, new people to give a chance to shine, and that they are respecting that with their booking. That makes, makes a world of difference to me. The line drive left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Again, says... Reina, Reina and Raquel comes in and costs her old running mate, Rhea. He says, I'm all for that. Could retroactively make her character motivation at Portland about Rhea. Sure. Yeah, sure. Right? That'd make sense. Give it a bit of backstory like that. I'd like it. I would, I would too. We get in, uh, we, uh, we got a promo as well, or at least a video package of, from uh, Bronson Reed talking about how he's traveled all over the world, and he says that he made his opportunity happen, just like MJ says, and he's going to prove that he's a player in NXT. The thick boy dreams come true is what he leaves us on, and that's that's inspiring in many, many ways. And then we had, uh, and then we had Swerve. Swerve Scott taking on Jake Atlas. There's some good back and forth here. Jumping mule kick by Swerve, a springing... A springboard blockbuster by Atlas followed by a DDT was cool. There was a German suplex as well. Atlas hits a great spinning Super Samoan drop, which I thought was cool, but Swerve gets the match done, hitting the JML driver. Uh, good match. Good match from the Cruiserweights. I think the good, the, the proper guy went over here. Give me some of your thoughts, Alex. I mean, it's, it's true. I, I, I'm Swerve is the right guy. He's been talking about how he was the only guy to beat Santos in the tournament back when Santos was El Hijo del Fantasma. And then, you know, like, he he had a, he had a match with another cruiserweight, Johnny Gargano, at Great American Bash, and lost that. Um, I would have been... I, I wouldn't bring it up if he had lost to a, a legitimate heavyweight, but he lost to a dude in his own weight class um, who's, does, who's never booked as part of the weight class. Um, and, and so he needs to get wins under his belt now to continue so that he can actually have a legitimate claim uh, to Santos Escobar, which I'm assuming they're going to wind up doing that at the TakeOver, TakeOver 30, which is which is cool. Cool with me. Um, but 
definitely the Santos Escobar train does does not need to be slowed down at any at any point. Like keep that belt on that guy for a while. Dexter Loomis defeated Timothy Thatcher and Finn Balor to move on to the NXT uh, NXT North American title match uh, at uh, Takeover Thirty. Loomis uh, early on does a tope uh, to the floor, but both guys sort of step out of the way, so he just lands on his feet. No biggie. Thatcher picks uh, Loomis apart, uh, tries to work the arm with the double wrist lock. Balor gets some offense in as well, but Thatcher Thatcher uh, uses a lot of his grapple knowledge to stay in control of Balor as well. Um, uh, Balor fights back, of course, gets an inverted DDT and a sling blade as well. Uh, Thatcher wor- tries to work Finn's leg by wrapping it around the post, working the knee. Uh, Loomis, though, gets a spine buster on Thatcher. And uh, he locks in the silence on Thatcher, but it's broken up by a coup de grace. But the ending comes when Thatcher has a has a leg lock on Finn Balor. Finn Balor is screaming in pain, can't reach the ropes to break it up. And then Dexter Loomis just slinks in behind uh, behind Thatcher, sort of stares at, and he slinks in, you know, on his on his fists. Right, like yep. like he does, like like a, like like a lizard would do, right? And he just sort of looks down at Thatcher for two, three seconds before locking the silence in and getting Thatcher to pass out. I love the ending, if only because you know we give a lot of, we give a lot of crap when it comes to WWE's camera work, but they're also able to create these moments where if the camera is not in this perfect position right here. It just ain't going to work. This was the angle that was needed. It was great. And I, I dug the ending. Um, Michael Mathis left us a super chat. Thank you very much, by the way. Says, Loomis putting Thatcher to sleep? Come on. I agree. I mean, they, they, I, I, they, clearly they want they, they want to keep Finn strong. There's Thatcher passing out. I don't know, Alex. Walk me through this. I'm conflicted. Well, I mean, that's what Dexter Loomis, that's what the silence does. It puts people to sleep. Like, they rarely does anybody t- tap out. Nobody True. taps out to the silence. They they fall asleep in it. It's not like, you know, like, I mean, does does Timothy Thatcher have a human neck with a carotid artery or doesn't he? Because if he does, that's what happens to to a human being when they're put in that lock. Because that's what we've seen happen to everybody. Now, could he have gotten out of that? Probably. But the thing was, he didn't tr- attempt to because if he was still trying to win. He thought, if Finn taps to this, my hold on Finn, before I fall asleep in Loomis's hold, then I win. Which means he can't let go of the leg lock to try and extricate himself from the sleeper hold. That's really good storytelling in the moment. I really love that. Um, uh, like, one thing that I think was a huge missed opportunity for Morrow to say at some point is they keep on talking about how Dexter Loomis is a tortured mm-hmm. artist. And I really needed Morrow Ronaldo to be Morrow Ronaldo and say, they say that Dexter Loomis is a tortured artist. But when it comes to torture... Timothy Thatcher is an artiste. See? I mean, you know what I'm talking uh, about. honestly, I don't know why you're not writing his material. I, I should be, honestly. Um, 
I did not see this coming. I, I, I thought Bronson Reed was going to be the only underdog to wind up in the five-way. Yeah. Um, and with I thought Finn was a rubber stamp through this match. Sure. Um, they, now, they had been protecting both Thatcher and Loomis up until this point, so it wasn't obvious who was going to lose, quote-unquote, lose the match. But I thought Finn was absolutely going to win. Um, and I, 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 I found this shocking, and yet I love it because mm-hmm. I love Dexter Loomis, and I don't care who knows it, even if it puts me on a whole bunch of FBI watch lists because <laughs> apparently I love serial killers. I love this guy, and I'm, I'm. People are like they're lean. People are telling me like they're like. I think he might be the the, the odds-on favorite to win the ladder match, considering how consistently yeah. they have pushed this guy for months now. Um, and the thing is, is I say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I kind of love it, and yet he's such a weird dude to put a title on because he never talks. Like, that's really hard to have your champ as a guy whose gimmick is, I don't speak. Like, that's hard to do, but yet I'd like to see them try. Like, and he's, again... All the stuff he can do, it's super impressive. And I'm 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 here for the extended Dexter Loomis push. <laughs> well, folks, that's uh, that was NXT. We're gonna start talking about AEW. By the way, keep sending us those super chats. I'll read them. Promise. Unless it's really offensive, then I won't. But I will read this uh, uh this one from the line drive, for instance. He says much like Hamlet at what, what culture and Walter, I have not seen much like half. Excuse me, I'll start over. Let me try this again. Much like Hamlet at Walt at what culture and Walter, I have not seen Louis and Ray in the same place. Louis has been wrestling longer than he has allegedly been alive. Well, I mean, we're gonna have to test that. But for now, we're gonna stick with talking about AEW. We're going to start up with another super chat by Dante. Thank you very much. Dante says, normally down with AEW, but this week, this episode was weak. Tag match was good, but I don't want a 12-man tag next week, and they really need Excalibur in the booth. Eloquent echoes that uh, that sentiment as well in his own super chat. Thank you, Eloquent. Saying AEW really needed Excalibur. Energy was off uh, tonight. Um, overall... I kind of agree, Louis. I felt like AEW, despite the fact that it wasn't a bad show, I wouldn't call it a far cry from calling it a bad show. 
I'd say it uh, it lacked its usual little uh, its usual spark. Let's put it that way. What do you think? As I've said before, if this show was on a Monday or a Friday, we'd all be saying it was one of the a fantastic show. No, yeah. but because it's on a Wednesday and AEW has set the bar so high, especially with the past few weeks of Dynamite with the the fighter fest and fight for the fallen. It did fall short of expectations, I guess. Um, it didn't deliver as much as those shows, but as you said, by no means was a it was a weak show, or a or a, or or a poor show by wrestling standards, just perhaps by AEW standards. Well, the show started off tonight with the Inner Circle versus the Best Friends and Jurassic Express in a ten man tag team match. Uh, Orange Cassidy does the shin kids uh, shin kicks, excuse me, on Hager. Hager tries to toss him around, but hey, Orange, he, he's a quick guy. But all this quickly de- de- degenerates into a, into a schmoz in the ring. We get dives onto the floor, Hurricane Rana's. Marco Stunt getting body pressed to the floor by uh, uh, Luchasaurus. Stunt gets tossed around by Hager, Hager and uh, Luchasaurus as well until Luchasaurus body splashes off the apron to the floor with Stunt on his back. And Stunt's the only guy then standing. He jumps right back up and does a little dance. Trent eats a DDT and a German suplex on the floor. And he's basically your baby face in peril for the entirety of the match. Great teamwork throughout uh, throughout this match by Inner Circle. Luchasaurus gets the hot tag. Hager slugs him down with a clothesline. Whole bunch of finishers and big moves hit one after the other. But the ending comes when Matt Hardy pops in out of nowhere. Actually distracts Sammy Guevara, who's on the top rope, by firing up his music but he sneaks in from behind shoves shoves sammy off the top rope uh and luchasaurus hits a choke slam and a roundhouse kick for the win inner circle loses again louis what the hell man they need wins especially against five men that aren't even a team you've got two separate teams so they just look like chumps that this act that have been together since the first episode of Dynamite can't pick up a win. Um, but yeah, I think that to get what we got later on, you needed this. I just wouldn't have booked this match and sort of pigeonhole, uh, sort of booked yourself into a corner. But um, also, when Matt Hardy came out, I was I was a bit like that's random because it's been over a month since the whole Hardy and Hardy and Sammy stuff. So there was sort of that expectation that you'd remember exactly where the feud picked up on. And it's sort of like, oh, the last four months didn't happen. If the last four weeks didn't happen, we're just going to continue the feud from here. So that sort of uh, didn't settle too well with me. And I'm not really interested in, in a Sammy and Hardy feud. I mean, the match will probably be good. And I was into it a month ago, so I'll probably be able to get into it again. But for, for what this match was, it was fun. It was uh, sort of a good way to start Dynamite. But there was a few sort of booking decisions, perhaps, that I would have done differently. I know, I agree. I, I, just, I, wanted, I, want, I just wanted to interject that uh, I don't know what, what part of sensitivity training... It is that they that they teach you to call your coworkers a son of a bitch like five times in ten seconds, but I mean, uh, I I, th- I think that he passed that course with flying colors. I'll tell you that. I, I was gonna say on that note, it, it was a very weird promo for him to cut, given as you say the sensitivity training that he had been on. I think AEW for the past couple of weeks has been a little bit 
let's just make out like nothing's happened. Mm. Just mm. be a little bit more cautious, perhaps for for a month or so, just with with how you book him, how you how you present him, what you make him say. But uh, I, who knows? I think from from the reception I gauged last week, we're sort of in the minority of this, and people just seem happy to see him back. So. Yeah. We get a John Moxley promo where he says John Moxley things, and followed up by the People's Main Event, Louis. TNT Championship defense. Cody actually successfully defended it against challenger warhorse don't call him an indie darling though jr said it and i wouldn't call him an indie darling but he's a tough son of a gun warhorse got pyro he he got he got pyro that's a nice welcome some good back and forth between them both uh with the warhorse rolling through a sunset flip into a pinning combo then during the commercial cody hits a superplex starts working the leg for of course the figure four leg lock um and when cody applies it warhorse immediately flips over the 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 figure four not like sitting on his back and and agonizing for like 30 seconds nah 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 he just whop flips him right over which is something that i've always said wrestlers should do it's like look why are you anyway it doesn't work, by the way. Well, look, in kayfabe, it does, all right? You flip it around, and suddenly it's the other guy that's in, that's that's hurting. Look. My brother and I have tried it. Hey, 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 WWS told us for years not to try that stuff at home. What are you doing? What are you doing, Louie? That's a lawsuit. You could tear a knee out of its joint. God damn it. Come on. Be an example to the kids at home, Louie. Kids, don't, 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 don't try to do the reverse the figure four, you will tear your opponent's leg off. It's horrible. Just don't do it. Don't be a Louie. I'm a trained wrestler, don't forget. <laughs> Rain mysterious. You're breaking your own kayfabe. What the hell is going on here tonight? <laughs> don't be a Louie. <laughs> um, Louie, the, the, I like the match. Uh, I like the match. Before we get to the to the surprise, let's talk about the match. Uh, you know, Warhorse. Uh, Warhorse is the story of the match here is that Warhorse was ready, right? He studied Cody. Yep. He was able to to see things coming, reverse in and out of stuff. Cody had a hell of a time trying to get his offense in, but finally the figure four uh, puts him away, despite um, despite Warhorse struggling to try and keep. Cody to put it on that uh, from keeping Cody to from putting it on that one that last time what do you think about the match what do you think about Warhorse so I'm not going to pretend to have known a great deal about Warhorse going in um but yeah he, he was real good it sort of won me over he you could tell he's got charisma and if the crowd was there they definitely would have loved it and I think this is the great thing about the TNT title especially in the world where we're not seeing a lot of independent shows because of coronavirus. Having independent talent like Eddie Kingston and then uh, a warhorse in consecutive weeks is quite good. So yeah, it's nice to see new talent featured, fresh matchups, fresh people that we've never seen wrestle before, wrestle on the show before. So yeah, I thought the match was decent. I, I and I, I really liked it. I, th- I thought it was good. It was it was a very very solid. Match a very different match to the one we got last week, which I think uh, works well again for Cody's character. Like every week, he's having to face someone different. But um, yeah, it's it's it, it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. And then the post match was 
Interesting. Let's talk about it. Uh, Silver and Reynolds of the Dark Order run in. They kick Warhorse out of the ring. Poor Warhorse didn't even get didn't even get a final photo op with Cody. You know, Cody shaking his hand, showing respect. Now get the, hit the bricks, oh. kid. You're done. He did jump in front of that bullet, though. Like he shoved Cody out of the way and took the brunt of that run in. Sure. Which I think was him basically like, hey, hey, hey. Can I get a job? I, I say I saved you. Could I? Could I? Could could it? Could it get signed? <laughs> But uh, Silver and Reynolds uh, start beating up on on uh, Cody, and then the former Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona, runs in, looking tan and jacked. Clearly, he's been hanging out at his pool all by himself, and he takes out the Dark Order. Cody's happy to see him. Matt Cardona is uh, clearly an AEW. Signing another guy. Give us some thoughts, Louis. What'd you think about this surprise I mean, appearance? He was obviously going to sign, so I'm I'm more than happy to see him there. It was an obvious one. It 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 makes sense. Um, why did Dark Order? Why did two members of Dark Order attack Cody? Like, and two sub members. Because See, this is the thing. So next week we've got Cody and Matt Cardona versus Alex Reynolds and John Silver. I mean, what a match to put over a new talent. Uh, if that doesn't say you're you're going to insert them into a top feud by by putting them in there with the Dark Order, I don't know what starts. But no, I'll, I'll give them this much: at least they didn't put Cardona in a in an AEW World Title match immediately upon arrival. I mean, I think they're no, learning. No, I, I'm, I'm only, I'm only sort of in jest. But and yeah, me too. Th- this was, <laughs> this was, it, it was great to see Matt. That he looked awesome. He looked yeah. tanned. He looked jacked, like really jacked. So yeah, it, it's great he, to see him there. He, and I think he looked, that... he looked, he looked zapped. Oh my god! Yeah, this is the biggest problem I have with this whole thing is actually using his actual name, his his shoot name, when they could have called him something awesome like. Jack Collider, or as was pointed out to me so obviously, Rack Zider. You know, come on, people, go back no. to the good old days where we where we put on we use the the fake names, but then switch them around as though it's obviously using the fake names. Zach with an H and Ryder with an I. <laughs> <laughs> see exactly. See, it sounds the same, but as you write it, you can't copyright what something sounds like. See, I like where your head's at, Louis. You don't copyright sounds. You copyright words. Exactly. DG, the music industry would like to have a talk with you, uh, Louis, by the way. <laughs> DGMC left us a super chat. Thank you very much, DGMC. Uh, if Cardona's gimmick isn't carrying heel Cody's bags, then WTF. I'd be okay with him facing Code Man for the title at All Out, but come on now. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I am happy any wrestler who was released by WWE that day in April is getting work. I am thrilled yep. for all of them. Don't get me wrong, but Louis, you have to sort of, you sort of have to lean into the fact that, you know, Zach, Zach got this job because he's, he's got some, some, some friends and some good places to give him jobs. Right. But, but we, we, we can't lose sight of the fact that what is it now? Almost a decade ago, that guy on his own with no help sure. from anybody got himself completely over to a point where they couldn't ignore it. So they had to do something with him. And then they, then they decided to, to shit all over it. 
Like it was one of those things where like for forever, for decades, Vince and everybody up at the top is saying, get yourself over, figure out a way to make yourself get known and everything. And then Zack Ryder does it. And they're like, oh, whoa, 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 not you. Mm-hmm. Not we didn't we weren't talking about you. Mm-hmm. Get the hell out of here. And so they kept him on the roster, but didn't do anything with him for the longest amount of time. I'm if if he can fa- turn over a new leaf and actually get used and actually use what he he has within him that got him over a decade ago in AEW, then good for him and good for AEW. Agreed. Benoit left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Ben. Says Wednesday night rules. Join hashtag New War and Order. I like that. I should make a T-shirt. Tony Schiavone is out at the top of the ramp, and he says that September 5th is all out. It is confirmed. Then the inner circle come uh, come back out, and they are mad, Louis. They're, they're mad. Sammy calls out Matt Hardy, has that little line we were talking about earlier. And Jericho calls out Orange Cassidy again, saying, you know what? I'm going to give you your rematch in two weeks on Dynamite. And he's going to make sure that Orange Cassidy comes to the ring with the $7,000 required to clean his $7,000 jacket. It's odd that it's the same amount of money to clean the jacket. Then anyway. But then the other announcement that Jericho has is that one week before the match is we're going to have, or next week actually, Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy are going to have a debate. Because not only can Chris Jericho defeat Orange Cassidy physically, but he can defeat him intellectually as well louis i i didn't know that i wasn't aware he could do that that's your problem because it was damn obvious oh but no. <laughs> uh i th- this should be awesome uh the state the not the not the, the state of you know we got we got that later but the the debate should be really fun um only issue with it is you tell you what, we'll get on talking about it later because it links to uh, MJF's segment. Um, another slight issue, I thought they would save the second match until they had fans there. Mm-hmm. For me, that seemed like a shoo-in. Um, but they've decided not to, which, to be fair, I, it should be another great match on August 12th, so looking forward to that one. But yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get on to my main criticism of this segment when we talk about the MJF thing. Okay. Let's... So, so all right. We'll, we'll get around there and we'll come full circle. After this segment here, we have a, a vignette where FTR are signing their AEW contracts. Apparently, they had a bunch of stipulations in their contract. And they, in, they, they invited, along with their legal counsel, a tag team counselor uh, to come and... Uh, tell them what they should negotiate on their contract. Look, Arn Anderson shows up. They're really happy to see them. They discuss terms for the rules that apply to their matches. Apparently, they also take the time to announce that there's going to be a tag team appreciation night on August 12th. Um, then Adam Page arrives with drinks to celebrate. They toast to Mid-Atlantic, which gave me a bit of a chuckle. And, uh, and yeah, I mean... I want to hear your... I have thoughts about this, Louis, but I want to hear yours first. What did you think about this vignette? FTR, Anderson, Page? Did you see how much booze Page put in his glass? Yes. He he even said it himself that I put myself too much. (laughs) Did he now? (laughs) That's a lot of booze. 
I was I was feeling hungover just just thinking about it. and I'm a nineteen year old student. I shouldn't be feeling the, the this drunk just looking at it, but damn it I no, not for me. Um I love this though. I thought it was so cool, really got over FDR's character. Having um uh Arn Anderson there as well, that sort of we're going to get the four horsemen tease. It was a nice subtle sort of nod to that. Uh, I don't think it was that I, subtle. I mean, when you think about it at this point, FTR get Arn Anderson to come in, Adam Page, and who's the other guy that that the the other guy that hangs around Arn Anderson is Cody Rhodes. I mean, this is pretty much what we've been talking about for the the past few weeks and people have been speculating and say wouldn't it be great Cody as Ric Flair? Uh, Page, uh, Page as the enforcer, and the tag team is uh, FTR. I mean, uh, I I don't think it was that subtle. <laughs> I I I don't think it's hyperbole to say if booked correctly, written correctly, presented correctly, that foursome could be the most overact in all of wrestling. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Like if if they're all used, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like so I. I, I respect their slow playing it until they can get that in front of an audience. Yep. Because when that moment happens, when that foursome becomes a foursome and holds up the four fingers in the middle of that goddamn ring with Arn Anderson Stidham, forget about it. It's gonna be it's gonna it's going to change the business forever. If they can get that shit done in the right spot in front of actual fans, I mean, that's what we're looking forward to. And and they they cannot not do it in front of the, uh, of the fans. They can't right, do exactly. it in in exactly. front of a live. They have to do it in front of a live audience. That's going to be first show back. So, uh, excuse me. It should be the first show back. Should end yeah. with that angle. Good. Yeah, they could both. They could build to it. Or, or, or FTR and the Young Bucks in the main event. <laughs> yeah. That's how it ends. FTR just beat the hell out of the Young Bucks, and Page comes and beats the hell out of them, and. Omega runs in for the save, and Cody runs in, but he beats up Omega, and we get Cody versus Omega. Hand me the book, guys. We're good. We're fine. Um, next we had uh, we had Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus the Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, with our boy Rick Knox making sure that this tag team match goes down the rule set like mm, like clockwork as there's no shenanigans that everyone respects the 10 count so on and so forth rick knox legendary tag team referee page attacks the dark order like he doesn't even wait for omega to finish his entrance which i thought i thought it was awesome louis uh omega was he was so in and i like how Despite it all, Omega seems throughout it to be a little too much into himself. I kind of dig it because he's so into his entrance. You know, he's coming out and he's looking down that he doesn't see that Paige. Yeah, sure. Paige pulled the trigger on it, but he's just being overwhelmed. I don't know. There's something very there's something very cool about it. I like that. I liked how the match started perfectly. Yeah. I mean, there are three things that are certain in life. Death. Taxes and Warren Hayes shitting on Rick Knox. <laughs> well, the, those are the three certainties. But no, I enjoyed the the match was fine. It was good. It was 
nothing I'm going to write home about. I'm not going to rewatch the match, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Sure. Um, I I like the character work between Omega and Paige. I thought that was cool. But yeah, it it was uh, it, it was decent, but nothing exceptional. Mm-hmm. I think it was more this team is ranked number one, so let's sort of do that match. Let's get it out um, of the way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But it, it 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 felt sort of like oh okay this match needs to happen rather than there's a reason for it's sort of a storyline reason as opposed to the ranking system. Um. There, there were there were some cool spots here. Uh, we got to see some of the old um, Dark Order, or at least uh, Super Smash Bros, with, with with their very innovative double team uh, double team uh, maneuvers. Especially the one where they do that uh, that combination four fifty splash running senton cannonball uh, at the same time, which is always freaking amazing. Um, there was also a really cool su- sequence where Omega hits a snapdragon on uno uh then grayson hits a frog splash on omega there's a and then followed by a buckshot lariat by page and uno eats a power bomb and the combination buckshot uh buckshot uh, lariat and v trigger to put him away the champs retain during this Can time I just say sure sure evil uno has lost a lot of weight. Kudos to him because he looks fantastic. I'd like to know what his confinement secret is because Mm. to me, it's the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, he he looked great. Um, But yeah, yeah, this match was was good. Yeah, yeah, it was a a fine match. Um, After after the match, well, Brody Lee was around the ring with Colt Cabana and Anna Jay, her first appearance as a member of the Dark Order since they've recruited her. Uh, he was hanging around, being a little, a little huffy, a little mad. Sends Cabana and Jay back. He takes a microphone. Well, actually, he beats up on. Um, he he throws some papers at Evil Uno, which is a which is a, a, a which is a BTE gag, a BTE running gag. Um, and um, and he screams at Grayson. He's mad that the that the guys lost. Then he addresses the champions. And he says, you guys, you know, you have your friends around and so on and so forth. Anyway, the elite, the rest of the elite come in to support Omega and maybe Adam Page, but mostly Kenny Omega. And then the rest of the Dark Order putties arrive, surround the ring. They want, uh, they're, they're outnumbered, but FTR come from behind, clog Brody Lee across the head with another cooler. And there's a schmoz, but at the end, the elite and FTR stand tall. Yeah, see, I th- this is what I think, Louis. I think it, ultimately it all ties into this idea of creating a new four horsemen where you think the elite and FTR are, are at least cool, not friendly, but cool with each other. But there's going to be a moment where they're going to get stabbed in the back so hard and it's going to be glorious. I really feel this bubbling. We'll see. But yeah, it's it's nice that it is bubbling and there's all of we're speculating or it could go this way, it could go that way. It's nice to have that feeling in wrestling where we're not sure the way it's gonna go. We all want different things, we all think that different things could work, which I think is is the beauty of it. It it doesn't have to be one specific thing. We could all be swerved completely, get something that we were Kenny and, and, and uh an FTR for all we know. Who knows what it's gonna be? But regardless, I'm looking forward to seeing how this sort of thing plays out over the coming weeks and months. Britt Baker is uh, cuts a promo. Uh, she says that uh, Big Swole is obsessed with her, and after careful thinking, she's going to do the right thing as a role model and give 
Big Swole uh, a match with her if Swole can defeat an opponent of Britt Baker's choice. So we'll see how that's going to play out. Then we Rebel. have Pardon me? Rebel. <laughs> could it could be I mean it'd be fantastic. Diamante cuts a cuts a promo before having her match against Hikaru Shida. Um I'm going to look I'm not going to go too much into this. I'm just going to leave it into your hands, Louis. But personally, I don't think this was a good match. We set our piece on the women's division um, about them not doing enough. Mm-hmm. For me, the women's division might not have always had the best storylines and the best character work, but the matches have always been good, especially the pay-per-view matches sure. and the ones involving Hikaru Shida. Correct. This was probably Shida's worst match to date mm-hmm. and wasn't a great showing. It, it was the weakest match on the card. It didn't work for me. But this... Yeah, I, it, it was... It sort of felt like, let's bunch the women's segments together on the show. Mm-hmm. We had Brit, and then we had Diamante's promo, and mm-hmm. then we had, uh, um, and then we had the match. Would it have been so hard to switch Diamante's pro? Uh, sorry, Baker's promo with FTRs. Or, I guess not because they wrestled, but Moxley's mm-hmm. that was earlier on in the show, just to space it out a little bit, just create a little anticipation too. Not even that. Just, I guess so, but also to to make it not look like oh look we do the women's wrestling let's just put everything in one in in, in 10 minutes one quarter hour yeah. it, just sprinkle it throughout through like they do with the tag wrestling mm-hmm. not every tag segments it's it, it sort of in a row just space it out a bit but no it, it was it was nice to see Hikaru Shida back in action it was nice to see Diamante again after her good showing with Ivelisse last week just this match left a little bit to be desired for me yeah I didn't think it was very good I think I think Diamante, I'm going to blame it on nerves because I've seen her wrestle before. I think she's she's better than this. I didn't. Sometimes think... it's just chemistry. They might not it could be clicked. chemistry too. But then again, you know, I Sheeta works so well with everyone she's in the ring. It, it was a weird one. I didn't care for it. But since we are talking about the women, and yes, this was all sort of bunched together, we got the rules for the AEW Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament. The deadly draw rules. The women, the tournament is a random draw, gentlemen. All competitors must draw a color. Matching colors will become a team. Go figure that. And the selections cannot be appealed. So you can't, like, go to Tony Khan and say, I don't want orange. I want burgundy. You just can't. So we have Nyla Rose backstage who picks her color, which is purple. And someone has already picked the color purple. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, and... Because, of course, we can't be treated to everyone picking their colors on television. That that could take up too much time. But, surprise, surprise, it was Ariane, the wrestler formerly known as Cameron from the Divas era of WWE, Naomi's old Funkadactyl's partner. She's returned. She is in AEW in some capacity. We're not quite sure yet, but... As far as surprises go, that was a surprise, Louis. I was not expecting that. Came out of nowhere. There is probably a reason when we... And listen, we have all been saying AEW's women's division needs more names. Mm -hmm. 
I do not know one person who has suggested Ariane, and there is probably a reason for that. Need I say any more? Well, maybe it's because she tried to pin a lady who was face down one time. Maybe it's because she said Melina versus Alicia Fox was her favorite match of all time. Listen, there's no accounting for taste. I mean, you know. No, 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 no. <laughs> Look, it's taste. There is preference. <laughs> and then there is objectively being wrong. And when she said that, she was objectively wrong. Seeing Stone Cold's face when she tells him and he just looks at her and goes, what is one of my favorite things ever? It. <sighs> Look, we had. A... Listen... Sorry, go ahead, Finn. Oh, I'm going to be crucified because I have been saying for weeks AEW needs more women, more women on their roster. They've got a, a woman. Just she's not amazing. I mean, we haven't seen her wrestling in a while, so she could have been transformed into the the second coming of Kazuchika Okada, but I very much doubt it. That's a very high bar uh, you're setting well, for her there, though. <laughs> you know, but but I understand your point. Depends on depends on your depends on your tastes. Okada might not be the greatest wrestler. Sure. It, it all depends on the on taste, as my good friend Alex said. But uh, I think we have to we, we have to uh, we'll see how it goes. But I think just uh, just have all all of the the draws on Dynamite instead of on YouTube to to sort of give give the show a bit more. Give the tournament a bit more sort of oomph and make it feel more important because uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I'm I'm being cautiously uh, optimistic. Well, here, if it can help you be a little more uh, more optimistic, Manny Santos left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Manny. Says I'm here to defend Ariane. She's my friend, and my best friend trains with her. She's really improved. Just please wait. It'll be worth it. Right. So. I mean, sure. I hope. Always going to be proven wrong. Yeah, I hope when she wrestles, whenever that is, I have to sit here and I will read a formal apology about how fantastic she was and how wrong I was. I hope that's the case. Dante left us a super chat as well. Thank you very much. Says, and what the hell is going on with the women's division? I've been on wait and see mode for like six months at this point. Well, like Louis said, we've said our piece about it. Um, yes, we've, I mean, this is a company that said that they were going to do things differently. They were going to change the world. Well, they're doing it differently from a lot of promotions out there because a lot of other promotions are taking good care of their women's divisions. Xanthius left us a super chat as well. Says, tonight on this podcast, I would like to officially begin my petition to change AEW's The Deadly Draw to the Two Girls, One Cup Tag Team Tournament. Why would you say that? That's disgusting. Let's talk about MJF. Uh, MJF comes out. He's got a staff surrounding him. He's got a podium. He's got the red carpet. He has flags around him. His And he starts talking. He starts going off script. His staff member, who is female, comes up and asks him to stick to the script. And he says, why don't you give me a smile, baby? You're, you, there you go. You're much prettier when you smile than when you don't. He says to use the hashtag MJF2020. And hashtag not my champion because he wants to challenge John Moxley for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. He says, uh, 
he says society should discuss the state of wrestling. There's a lot of people in AEW that are trying to convince you that they're good at their jobs by doing flips, but I'm a wrestler. I don't cosplay as a wrestler. You might think that John Moxley doesn't cosplay as a wrestler, but he does. And that's a stone cold fact. He underscored stone cold. He says he's the guy who's going to lead the company for the next 25 years and he's not going to rest until AEW stops being the alternative and becomes the pinnacle of wrestling, officially challenging John Moxley at All Out for the title. Louis, what did you think about the state of wrestling address? Exceptional. I said this to you beforehand. It was, in my opinion, better than the Cody Rhodes promo in Charlotte uh, before Full Gear. It was brilliant. It, just watch it. That's all I'm going to say now. Just watch the promo in full. It was it was brilliant. I really, really liked it, and it, I thought it was fantastic. So, I it, yeah, watch it. But Go ahead. My one issue, which, which I was going to allude to earlier, yes. was... The debate for me with between Jericho and uh, Cassidy sort of took, it was, seems like it could take a political sort of approach, I guess, where you've got two opposition sort of having a, uh, two opposition politicians having a debate. That's the vibe I got from it. And then this seemed quite politically minded as well obviously presidential run sort of mjf 2020 we deserve better it sort of seemed like like a like a spoof of a presidential election sure. so for me it was like don't have the debate because it's sort of very similar to the idea that mjf could be going out and it's something mjf could do with moxie have a debate with him i'd i think maybe that's just me being a bit of a bit of a nitpicker but it just seemed like quite two similar segments but both would probably be both but well, this was entertaining and the debate next week will probably be very very entertaining but yeah this promo was so good i hope people do check it out because honestly it, it was awesome that led us into our main event where john moxley and darby allen took on brian cage and ricky starks uh taz and starks cut a promo uh, before going out ricky starks cuts a real good Fun promo, actually, uh, showing showing the personality that they didn't quite let him lead with when he was in NWA. So I'm glad that he's getting to stretch his legs a little more here. As they come out uh, for their match, Darby Allen is already at the top of the entranceway, and he uh, he just do- he coffin drops from the top onto both guys, and the match starts there. Um, Allen, uh, during the match, Pescado's onto Cage to the outside. Cage kind of drops him, was supposed to catch him. He picks him right back up and starts crunching him. That leads into a spot where uh, John Moxley dives onto both Allen and Mock, uh, Allen and uh, Cage as uh, front on the outside. Um, uh, there was a really great strength spot by Brian Cage where Cage has Mox again. He's holding him. Uh, he's holding him in a crossbody position. Darby Allen flies off the top rope in a seated senton, but he just literally just like lands on Cage's shoulders. And then Cage just drops both of them, slams them both down. That was a really cool spot. Mox gets a cross arm breaker on Cage, Cage's surgically repaired arm again. That gets broken up by a drop kick from Stars. 
Uh, there's a trash can that's used here as well. The match comes to an end when Alan dives off the top rope with a skateboard, a skateboard that's been gimmicked with thumbtacks, as they, as my mom likes to say. And uh, he lands straight on uh, Ricky Starks' back with it. Starks' back is full of tacks. He's bleeding. But the baby faces get the win. And next week, Darby Allen gets a shot at the title at Mox's championship. What did you think of the main event here, Louis? The match was really good. It felt a little bit rushed. Like he could have done with an extra five minutes. So I would have perhaps taken two minutes of the tag title match and two minutes off of the Cody match and a minute somewhere else just to add to this. Um, felt good. It, it was a really good match. Um, would have been nice to see Cage and Stocks pick up a win, sort of seen as it was their first um, sort of outing together. But given what we got afterwards, this did make complete sense. And I'm very much looking forward to Alan and Moxley uh, next week. Uh, so, yeah, that, that should be real good. So, yeah, I thought this achieved what it set out to and was a decent match. Yeah, a, sure. A, actually, de- 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 understating it. It was, it was very, it was, it was, it was a good match. Yeah. Everyone had a, uh, had a time, uh, had a moment to shine here. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you, Evan. He says, I, ju- I just want to say how much I love what they're doing with Dark Order. feel like they're rolling right now, and I'm a fan of them getting shine next week. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, Dark Order, Louis, uh, very quickly, because we, we do want to wrap things up here, but uh, this was a gimmick that was going nowhere uh, and was a detriment to to the talent. Fans weren't getting into it. It's not perfect yet, but it has improved. They have rehabilitated it. Yeah, it's falling into place and working nicely. So, yeah, I think it, it's it's... AW has shown that they can adapt well mm-hmm. and listen to feedback. If this was in another company, we would be getting the same dark order that we were getting in uh, the pre-Dynamite era that didn't go over well. So AW has shown, listen, we know this isn't working. We can hear that you guys aren't receptive. We'll tweak it a little bit and then we'll come back. And Oh, it didn't work again. We'll tweak it a little bit. And we'll come back. And they've done that well. And uh, Brody Lee's been fantastic in his role. So, yeah, I'm very impressed. And like, like uh, the Super Chatter said, Dark Order on the roll right now. Eloquent left us a Super Chat as well. Thank you, Eloquent. Says, Darby's skateboard spot felt like a receipt. LOL. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It was... He... From what I could see, and I, I slowed it down, he didn't catch him full on the back with the tack. So he sort of caught him side on and scraped him. So it, it didn't look great. It really didn't. It was a very cool spot, but didn't look great for Ricky Starks. No. You know what? I, I, I don't know about receipts or whatever, but we've seen two quite nasty looking spots between those two in the past couple of weeks. I, I, I'd agree with, uh, with eloquent though. I do. I kind of think that it was like, Hey dude, you almost took my head off last week. You owe me this one. I'm okay with that. So there you have it, folks. Our podcast comes to a close tonight. Uh, AEW NXT, but we're still around. And we're, we're doing other stuff this week as well, such as Alex Pulowski. He'll be doing some things. He'll be talking about professional wrestling in other areas of the, uh, of the world. What have you got anyway going on, Alex, these these uh, upcoming days? Uh, 
I don't know. What's what's supposed to happen on SmackDown? Is Nikki Cross going to lose to Bailey for the fourth time in a month? That'll be fun. <laughs> let's let's watch that. Um, and then I'll right. talk about it. I'll talk about I'll talk about it on uh, talking about it on on Saturday night. I'll uh, burst another blood vessel in my brain. It'll be fun. So make sure to follow Alex Pulowski at Sour Graps on Twitter and on Fightful Select. Subscribe to Fightful Select to hear more Alex and hear him go on about WWE. While do it while we still have him among us, Louis. What about you? What have you? Let the people know where, the, where what you've got going on and where they can find you as well. So head on over to Rustle Interviews. I ha- uploaded an interview with FTR last week and. Uh, this week we got one with Luke Gallows and uh, or Doc Gallows now and Carl Anderson of the Good Brothers. That's going up on Friday, so check that out and follow me at, uh, at the Louis Dangor just to keep up with everything that I've got going on. One last super chat before we close it off. Nick Wolf uh, left us one. Thank you. Nick says Warren, thanks for using my Bullet Club Civil War idea from Patreon. Everyone needs to be watching Warren on Thursday nights. Yeah, because that's where you can find me as well as here on Wednesdays over thir- on Thursdays on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, where I take suggestions when they're good. I did a Bullet Club Civil War split idea last week. If you want to see more stuff like that, subscribe. Come and join me. Live recording tomorrow night, 9 p.m. But be sure to come back here on youtube.com slash Fightful or on Fightful.com, Fightful Select, and or just Fightful.com or FightfulWrestling.com for, on uh, Friday for the uh, SmackDown post-show. Folks, I want to thank you all for hanging out with us this evening. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.